2: to the Tuesday Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jake Letarski. You can find me on Twitter at jakeski52. I'm joined today by Eric Couture. You can follow him on Twitter at etcat30. This is the first Tuesday podcast of the season. Once we get going and the season gets underway here, we're going to be talking waiver wire pickups. But for now, we're going to kind of stock up our listeners with off-season knowledge, fantasy tips, tricks, and and strategies. Uh, Eric, let's dive right in today. Uh, we got a big news, right? A biggest news of the offseason, possibly, uh, outside of the whole deflate gate thing, which I'm over. Uh, but Arian Foster signed with the Dolphins yesterday here. Uh, that happened after yesterday's show. What was your initial reaction? My initial reaction? Let's see. Well,
3: first of all, Houston and Miami essentially uh, exchanged backfield, or at least uh, workhorses mm-hmm. uh, in the offseason. But it, this just uh, tells me that After Miami saw him, you know, in March, in late March, they got to examine him and, you know, see how his health was and, you know, bring him in three months later, see how he is. And I think they felt comfortable bringing him in and knowing that he's going to be able to help them for most, if not all, of the season.
2: Yeah, right on. I mean, uh, I am a little bit worried about any type of fantasy production from Arian Foster. I mm-hmm. don't even know if he's some. he may be someone worth a late flyer in 12-team leagues, but he's not something that you can really count on because th- what this really tells me more is that Miami doesn't quite have the trust in Jay Ajayi or this year's first – or not first-round pick, but this year's draft pick, Kenyon Drake here. And it, it right. looks like a mess of a committee that I, I don't even want to start to try to pick apart.
3: Uh, Yeah, I don't want to touch it really, but, I mean, if if you already have your – top two running backs in place, and he's still sitting out there in, say, the eighth or ninth round, I mean, you're going to take a stab in the dark and, you know, hope he helps out your team, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a chance there, of course, uh, with Foster specifically, he always carries an inherent injury risk. There's just not yeah. a whole lot that can be done about that there. I mean, the, the big thing, uh, I, I mean, one of the biggest risers of the offseason was Lamar Miller heading to Houston, getting a coach who at least potentially will give him the full ro- workload that he deserves. That never happened for Lamar Miller while he was with Miami. So I don't think Fantasy owners can expect anything near past Arian Foster numbers, even if he does make it through the whole season healthy, because I just don't think that he'll get the workload there. Am I correct in assuming that?
3: Yeah, I would say so. So when it comes to Aaron Foster, though, he's 30, right? Mm-hmm. He's only four months older than Jamal Charles. People don't really realize that. And Jamal mm-hmm. Charles is also coming off this you know, pretty serious injury and in another ACL tear. Um, I mean, everybody seems to have comfort that Jamal Charles is actually going to have a stellar season again, or at least you know, something up to his standard, why can't, uh, why can't, you know, Aaron Foster do the same?
2: Yeah, I mean, Aaron Foster has had various, like, groin, hamstring, hip, sure. those kind of injuries. I mean, I mean Jamal both... Charles blew out each of his knees. Yeah, So, yeah. definitely, uh, yeah, I mean, they're not too far off in terms of injury risk, I guess. That's yeah. one thing that needs but, to be But the,
3: the thing is, like, people are taking Jamal Charles maybe late first, as early as the late first round, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, you you can get arian foster much later for less
2: risk absolutely i mean i just think that the role has a lot to do with it right Right. now sure uh looking at adp i mean of course it hasn't had time to react to the news yet but uh just for reference here we're going to get all of our adp data from myfantasyleague.com in case you're wondering there but right now arian foster number 44 overall I mean, number forty-four amongst running backs, one forty-seven and a half overall. So, uh, still getting taken in a, round, 12, yeah, in a lot of your, in a lot of your twelve-team formats there. So, uh, worth a look possibly. But, uh, like I said, Eric, we're going to talk a lot about waiver wire pickups in mm-hmm. in, in the season. It's going to be the hottest place where you can come and catch all the waiver wire action the that hottest. you're going to need. Oh yeah the hottest exactly uh like like our, like my uh i did a dfs pod with john earlier today and he said that this is this is the pod that people would call the spicy meatball of the industry <laughs> something like that but if you need to win your league this year you got to tune into us every uh every tuesday right it's perfect for your afternoon commute uh back from work get a get, just get a quick refresher from us well, with all the waiver wire information you need we'll run down the top couple of pickups at each position <clears throat> keep everything fresh for you and hopefully uncover this year's gary barnage and and those types of players so yeah uh, we
3: were on him early and often last year yeah exactly you, so, probably because you were the cleveland browns beat writer last year <laughs> the
2: browns beat writer uh, <laughs> unfortunately that situation hasn't improved a whole lot but we'll get to that today because we're going to do uh an afc north and an nfc north preview here today kind of like uh, our colleagues have done for the past few days since the podcast has already open so we're going to run down each team relatively briefly maybe touch on a couple key fantasy players mostly key additions and losses that are worth noting uh, for fantasy perspective here so we're going to start in the AFC North we've got the uh, Baltimore Ravens here who are 32 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl their over under win total is eight and a half so Vegas doesn't even really like them to uh, make the playoffs. Realistically, um, I think most people have the Steelers projected to uh, compete with the Bengals in that division with maybe the Steelers coming out on top here. Uh, Real quick, uh, over-under totals are coming from Bovada. Uh, Futures odds coming from VegasInsiders.com in case anyone was curious where we're pulling those numbers from. That's where we got the current numbers here. But uh, the big thing with the Ravens here, uh, it's Joe Flacco. Um, All all in all, it's, it's recovering from ACL surgery. But in my opinion it's as much Flacco as it is his his weapons here there's a lot of injuries going on in the off season here can you elaborate on some of those key ones eric
3: yeah so the ravens probably i mean i don't have the exact numbers but they had to have lost like some of some of the most games to injury to skill positions last year right mm-hmm. they were they were definitely up there steve smith for example missed half the season with a torn Achilles and he actually had a you know some knee ailments go, coming into that injury too so he didn't he's coming off a uh, injury plague season he just turned 37 in the off season too. That's the scary part for a yeah. wide receiver. And then Brashad Perryman has yet to play an NFL snap, and he's recovering recovering from a partial ACL tear that happened in the off season program. Mm-hmm. They're thinking now that he might be able to play early in the season, but that's mm-hmm. still like what he, up in the air. The last
2: note we have is. Are cautiously optimistic that Perriman will be ready at some point during training camp. That's yeah. super vague NFL coach talk right now. So I wouldn't put a ton of stock in him. Uh, they did sign Mike Wallace. Yeah. I mean, he could he could compete for snaps, but we've we've got uh, we've got the uh, old folks home of the NFL here in the wide receiver group here.
3: Yeah, like Kamari and, and Ben Watson are probably the safest options if you're looking at mm-hmm. pass catchers in Baltimore.
2: Yeah, even with the tight ends, though. I mean, I think Ben Watson. He had a pretty good season in New Orleans. We know how Drew Brees likes to utilize the tight ends for a breakout season, really. But he's got young talent in Crockett Gilmore and Max Williams behind him. And then Dennis Pitta, who's, I mean, super injury prone, but he's still around. Who knows what could happen if he can get back on the field? Do they even keep four tight ends?
3: Who knows? Yeah, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Um, If he continues to, Dennis Pitta, that is, continues to have that hip injury next to him, Considering he's missed uh, so many seasons already with hip hip injuries, I'm not going to really consider him an option.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, So, uh, and then, of course, we've got the backfield of Justin Forsett and Javorius Allen. Allen had an up-and-down year. Uh, Forsett has shown flashes in the past, but uh, neither of them really fall into that top echelon of running backs this season.
3: Yeah, Javorius Allen, PPR, Maven,
2: mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, I could see that happening, and that kind of hinges on the performance of fourth set as well. Yep. All right. Well, let's head on over to the Bengals, who are projected to do a little bit better than the Ravens here. They got eighteen to one odds to win it all here, over under win total of nine and a half. So, really, pretty much projected to be second place behind the Steelers in that division here. Uh, the big question mark for me with the Bengals is their pass catching options here, because uh, I mean, you, we have AJ Green. We all know what he's completely capable of, but they've lost. Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones here from that squad, in come former Patriot Bl- Brandon LaFell and rookie Tyler B- Boyd. I mean, uh, who gets those targets behind AJ Green, or is it something that we're just going to have to monitor during camp?
3: I mean, you'd think it'd be Tyler Eifert, right? Like mm-hmm. just uh, up oh, yeah. his game target-wise, but then he goes and breaks his ankle in off-season, has ankle surgery. He's probably going to miss you know mm-hmm. the first two or three games of the season. That puts. Tyler Boyd, like you said, mm-hmm. Brandon LaFell, and even Tyler Croft, a tight end, a second-year tight end in the crosshairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually kind of like him a little bit just for early season viabil- viability. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and
2: in those deep formats, like uh, the Office Stake League, for example, where it's, I believe, 14 or 16 sure. teams, could be a $1 pickup towards the end there if you if you can get yeah. ahead of that. Yeah, exactly.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, like, uh, are there any two tight end leagues?
2: I mean, a lot of just a lot of like leagues can, A lot of leagues can flex a tight end, so yeah. that you could possibly start two tight ends, and I've done that in mm-hmm. a lot of leagues before. One of my keeper leagues is like that, and I was starting. I don't know, it was either Eifert and Gates or I think I had Gates yeah. and Graham or something like that. I, I clearly didn't do very well. Right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean the receiver situation is interesting. I actually like Tyler Boyd as a sleeper here. I think he is, uh, I mean physically I think he's got uh, some, some some of the skills that uh, you're looking for. I mean I mean, not super uh, menacing physically but but he's quick and uh, you know 6'1", 200 pounds uh, I think he, there's more upside to taking a guy like Boyd than there is LaFell in your drafts because LaFell is a guy that probably looks looked a lot better because of Tom Brady mm-hmm. and even with Tom Brady struggled a little bit last year from he, what I he can really remember struggled, so yeah. uh he, he was never really able to bring back on that 2014 magic in the 2016 season so if you're drafting I'd probably look at Boyd before LaFell just uh as a matter of upside because you're, you're trying to shake the dice and and really hit big
3: yeah hopefully you have your wide receiver core set by that point so mm-hmm. it is really a roll of the dice and you hope it comes up mm-hmm. you know positive in your uh
2: on your side. Exactly. Another team here out of the AFC North. Uh, Got to look all the way down to the bottom of the futures list for that. That is the Cleveland Browns because they are 200 to 1 odds according to Vegas Insider. That's twice as bad as the next two teams, the 49ers and the Titans, who both sit at 100 to 1. But 200 to 1, that is absolutely brutal. And as you can imagine, their uh, over-under win total here is a, uh, a meager 4.5 wins. Like
3: I don't see it happening. Yeah, 4.5 wins is going to be
2: lucky. I, I, I think I might even take the under on that here we've got nearly a complete roster revamp and uh, really the most probably talented player on their entire roster Josh Gordon still hasn't been reinstated by the NFL and there's really no timeline for that to happen but uh, even more importantly uh, we've got a quarterback battle once again I mean I- I've covered the Browns for a couple years for the site and we've got Robert Griffin third, newly signed against Josh McCown coming back here I mean neither of these guys have really any fantasy value in your standard format. I can see taking... RG3 is like your third or fourth quarterback in a deep two quarterback format. Just because who knows, maybe he can channel some of that old magic. But the weapons are are pretty weak here. I mean, Corey Coleman's pretty much projected to be the top receiver, uh, and and that's interesting because him like RG3 is a Baylor product, so something to think about there. I think mm-hmm. Corey Coleman could be uh, could find himself as a as a decent sleeper here. I mean, because out of the top three receivers, you got Hawkins and Gabriel. Neither of them are are even like sixth or 5'10", even. Uh, I mean, Coleman also kind of a little guy at 5'11". Man, the Browns I mean, like those short receivers here. How do you kind of see that fantasy situation playing out there?
3: I mean, I don't, I don't even know or want to, like, think about taking Coleman. Like, the the guys that I'm looking at, I guess, in Cleveland that I would actually consider are Gary Barnage and Duke Johnson mm-hmm. if, uh, if it's a PPR league. Um, I don't know if I really like um, Isaiah... Crowell that much, yeah. When it Crowell's comes to like kind of touchdown tournament. dependent, and uh, yeah, exactly. doesn't have the
2: pass catching upside that Duke Johnson does. On,
3: on the other hand, uh, Hugh Jackson, the new coach there in town, uh, he actually has a pretty good track record of putting together solid two back backfields mm-hmm. and having them play to their strengths. So I could see uh, Crowell, you know, being that Jeremy Hill touchdown guy. And Duke Johnson being the Giovanni Bernard, you mm-hmm. know, PPR man.
2: I mean, for those opportunities to happen, though, they need to yeah. somehow find their way to the yeah. red zone. And whether it's le- McCown or Griffin, uh, that's right. a question getting At least there. they have a
3: good, a pretty good O-line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know they did lose Alex Mack, which is pretty huge. Yeah, uh, That's going to be a huge shoes to fill. I'm not actually sure who's taking on that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, and I would, I mean, if it comes down to RG3 and Josh McCown, I'm, I think McCown's going to get that job. I just heard that mm-hmm. – I've heard that RG3 has had a pretty bad offseason.
2: Yeah, I mean, and McCown is, at least has brings some experience to the right. table where RG3 is kind of a wild card. I mean, there's just not a, not a lot for an organization, unless you think he's somehow going to be your future, which is maybe yeah. why they signed him in the first place. I mean, I – that quarterback position is going to be in limbo for them for years to come. I mean, also, they drafted Cody Kessler. If anyone thinks that he's going to make an impact, I guess he's in the mix as well. Might rate yeah. the roster probably inactive most weeks, I would assume, unless one of those other top guys fizzles out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, in terms of ADP, we've got Gary Barnage, number 11 overall, just outside the top 100 overall ADP. And then I'm looking here for Corey Coleman, 36 overall among receivers, actually a little bit higher, 86... Uh, overall in ADP. So uh I mean Seven, folks are optimistic on him. Yeah. I mean folks are optimistic taking him as a, a wide receiver 3 in some cases. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's tough to tell. I want to see him have a good camp and maybe a decent preseason first there. Mm-hmm. Um lastly before moving on to the Steelers here, I look at this run defense here they were pretty bad last year and I think they might be the worst run defense in the league this yeah. year. there's not much there's a lot of youth a lot of first and second year players on the defensive line and, and linebackers their outside linebackers are mostly pass rush specialists anyway unless badger joe Scho- schobert can come in and really write the ship there there's not a lot of run stuffing optimism in that so that's going to be a matchup to target maybe in your week one dfs and and beyond as far as running backs against the Browns.
3: right J- just just the fact that like uh, the likes of Le'Veon Bell, Justin Forsett, and you know the combo in Cincinnati gets to face the, this team twice a year, kind of gives them a little bump too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, all those guys get a bump in the rankings because of that for sure. I would agree with you there. Let's move on to the Steelers, the favorites for the AFC North here. They are twelve to one odds to win it all this season, and of course, their over under win total. Projected to win the division here over under ten and a half wins for the Steelers here. There's a there's a there's been some bad news in the offseason, but there's also a lot to like about Le'Veon Bell who's going to be returning from a uh, MCL injury, so he expects to be ready for the start of the season. Uh, the big the biggest news I think out of Pittsburgh is uh, Martavis Bryant being suspended the whole year. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of cheat sheets, some very opinion, uh, very varying opinions here. But in your opinion, Eric, does this make Antonio Brown the number one overall player in fantasy?
3: Yes, no matter the format. Mm-hmm. Like, PPR uh, or no? PPR or no? Doesn't I, matter? I don't, I don't. I If I have the number one pick, I'm going for him. Mm-hmm. You know, like his volume is just ridiculous. Yeah, his I mean, volume? That makes his floor so targets. high.
2: The floor is so high. You can't really get a better.
3: Like he's going to, he's he's a pretty good Bet to actually break the reception record, which was what like one thirty six,
2: something like that. Yeah, something ridiculous yeah. like that. I mean, which is guy's are stuck. incredible. Yeah, so I mean, he has to be taken at the top of drafts. Uh, a, of course, a huge PPR. Plus he, gets beast. To,
3: he gets to play with Le'Veon Bell. Like he's going to mm-hmm. be open all the time. Ooh,
2: yeah, Le'Veon Bell I think is uh, one of the top running backs according to my fantasy league. He's actually the top running back. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, Rotowire tends to lean towards Todd Gurley in this uh, in this battle here, but Le'Veon Bell, number one running back in terms. Terms of IDP, or I'm sorry, ADP, but uh, we can see the trend shifting away from running backs because even though he's the number one back, his ADP is only 4.87 here on my fantasy league here. So, uh, still a first round pick, Le'Veon Bell. But you're going to have two Steelers in the uh, in the in the first round of pretty much every fantasy draft this year here. Uh, mm-hmm. But without Martavis Bryant here, can Marcus Wheaton actually come in and be a decent receiver? I mean, a lot of people had high expectations for him. Can he deliver? I don't have a
3: lot of confidence that he will. I think, but, okay, in his career he has seven touchdowns on 103 receptions. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty bad like touchdown to uh, catch ratio uh, or percentage rather. Um, I'm I'm actually looking at Ladarius Green as the you know number I guess ver-, ver well variable third option. In, yeah. You know yeah, after the I, I think of Le'Veon Bell as the number yes. two pass catcher in yeah. that offense because For of sure. the screen game. So I, I would look first at Ladarius Green um making a pretty decent impact. Mm-hmm. But also like if I'm looking at the wide receivers, I actually like Sammy Coates. I know he only played in I believe two games last year and had one catch. Uh something like that. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway in college uh twenty-one yards per catch, uh thirteen touchdowns on eighty two catches, which is nearly sixteen percent of his receptions went for TDs. He's just a playmaker, and that's approaching like Rob Gronkowski in the NFL, who's mm-hmm. scored seventeen percent of on seventeen percent of his catches.
2: Yeah, I mean, comparing the two might be a little no, bit no. of a stretch. No, no, of I'm just, th- no, I I'm know just what you mean, like, but like numbers in, like, wise, realm. yeah, numbers yeah. wise, exactly. Uh, I, so I mean, worth a one or two dollar buy at the end of an auction.
3: Yeah, for that, sure.
2: That's probably the territory I'd put him in as well. And
3: uh, and you like, yeah. He, you're gonna take Marcus Wheaton in probably the ninth round, mm-hmm. whereas you can get him,
2: you know, just a flyer with your last pick. Yeah. Now, now heading into 2015, a lot of fantasy cheat sheets saw Big Ben number one overall. Now he will lose Martavis Bryant this year, but he picks up Ladarius Green. And I'm seeing him number six overall in terms of ADP, just outside of the top... Number six for quarterbacks, just outside of the top 50 overall here. I actually think that he might be a little bit undervalued in that type of format. So there's always a little bit of an injury risk, especially as he gets as he gets older here. But I, I just think the weapons around him... And exactly. Hey, you get passing right? yards and touchdowns, even if you're dipping on, and dunking screens. So I, right. I think he can be a, a very valuable fantasy quarterback. I never am going to advocate stretching for a quarterback in the draft, but I think you can get Roethlisberger... at at a mighty good value this season
3: yeah just circling back to Marcus Wheaton too or sorry Sammy Coates like who who's the best bet in that offense to take on Martavis Bryant's like big play ability I mean Antonio Brown is the first choice but coach is a burner like he's going to be open
2: yeah i mean physically i think i feel like he's cl- a little bit closer to Bryant than than maybe a marcus Sweet. yeah exactly Just uh, with the skill set that he brings to the table so uh i mean pittsburgh is going to be a team that's going to get a ton of traffic on sunday ticket this year because there's going to be a lot of fantasy shares all across the board there's no doubt about that
3: and did you see the uh comments in the off too by coach mike tomlin and ben roethlisberger uh they said that they're going to go for two more often Go that's for just two more that's often, just more right? that's just more points yeah just
2: yeah pile it on fantasy wise I mean that could be a ruse you never know but uh you know sometimes some teams don't joke about that so there's yeah. always a chance here uh, all right well uh we've got the afc north covered here eric let's go ahead and move on to the nfc north a division that has been only mildly competitive over the past few years with the packers essentially dominating things there uh looking at the odds here we've got the bears at 60 to 1 to win it all 60 that's 6-0 not 16 you definitely i'm not crazy here and then you've got their (laughs) over under wins for the bears vegas projecting a little bit of an improvement but uh Over under 7.5 wins for the Bears, so they're they're looking like they're just going to uh, miss the playoffs a little bit based on those projections here. I look at the Chicago Bears roster here, and I just don't really see a place where they've gotten... Better, I mean, maybe a couple of the defensive spots. I think they're maybe the linebacking core has gotten a little bit better. Uh, yeah, with Trevathan, sure. with Trevathan, and Jarrell Freeman. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, those guys are going to make uh, the inside int- linebacker core mm-hmm. is pretty good now. But yeah, the run defense has been an area of weakness for them the last few years, but that's a uh, so that's one area where they could improve. But they lose veteran leader Matt Forte, and you're up to the likes of Jeremy Langford and Kareem Carey both popular waiver wire picks last year uh, after uh, Forte kind of uh, you know went down there. But uh, we're up to those guys to carry the backfield here. Jay Cutler's still your quarterback. You do have Elshawn Jeffrey, and you're getting Kevin White essentially back after not having him any this season. Do you kind of see this offense improving at all, or is it more kind of stagnation, I guess?
3: Yeah, I think it
2: is stagnation,
3: and I think they're actually going to take a, st- a pretty big step back. Uh, Adam Gase uh, actually brought the best out of Jay Cutler last year, but now that you as the offensive coordinator, but now he's in Miami as their head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't really see Cutler, you know, upholding that standard at all. Uh, it's going to probably be reliant on uh, the backfield actually sustaining some type of um, consistency, and I don't know if that will actually happen either. Mm-hmm. If I'm drafting right now. I'm not touching this backfield at all Mm -hmm. unless I'm in a pretty deep league and, you know, it's my third or fourth running back at that point. I I, I want to see, like, how the the backfield breaks down and who actually wins the job. Mm -hmm. But they've come out and said, um, John Fox has come out and said, like, it's going to be the hot hand approach. Mm -hmm. Do you really want to touch a backfield that's – Using that approach.
2: Especially if you're drafting now in July. If yeah. you're drafting on Labor Day. Season, if like. you're drafting on Labor Day, you're gonna have a little bit more yeah. I think a clearer picture of what's going on. But if you're drafting right now in July, yeah. Ick. That's that's not something I want to touch you. but term- oh go ahead.
3: But, it, but at least you have all Sean Jeffrey. Like you know he's gonna be a stud.
2: Yeah, you've got that going for you for sure. Just uh, running down the ADP here. Uh early drafts seem to think of Jay Cutler as a fringe quarterback in standard formats, number twenty four among quarterbacks, so maybe be maybe, maybe not getting taken in 12 team leagues here as far as receivers go Elshon Jeffries is a little bit down the list it actually has him ADP wise outside of the top 10 um, right sandwiched in between Amari Cooper and Jordy Nelson I think that seems about right for him uh, running back wise though that's of course where it gets really complicated here because you've got uh, the first one Langford at 26th among backs then we've got uh, I mean, it's just it's just all over the place here. So there's not a ton to like. Um, and then Kadeem Carey, all the way down at 76 overall. We've got Jordan Howard at 47 here, uh, 150 overall. So I mean, there's a ton of backs getting taken. That's going to fluctuate a lot as mm-hmm. we get closer to the season here. Well, let's move on over to the Detroit Lions here, who are uh, they're projected to regress this year. We've got 70 to one odds to win the Super Bowl and over under win total of seven, so projected to finish below the Bears here. Of course, the big story out of Detroit is the retirement of Kelvin Johnson. Eric, kind of, how do you see this receiving core shaking up without their main man and Stafford's favorite target over the last several seasons? I
3: mean, Tate is already kind of you mentioned, and uh, that Golden Tate is now the number one for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is he is he a wide receiver once? I think he now? is. I mean he he kind of already was right like mm-hmm. when that is true Johnson was injured a lot uh 2 years ago he actually was the number 1 receiver uh, I think he's, has he had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, right?
2: Um, I, yeah, I believe so. I think he's finally gotten enough opportunity uh, yeah. outside of uh, Seattle where they don't really pass the ball Shucking a whole the, lot. Uh, but, yeah, he, he's uh, two seasons in in Detroit. Uh, he actually only had 813 yards last year, but oh, right. still had 90 That's catches right. and six touchdowns here on 128 targets. The year before, he had over 1,300 receiving yards. There you go. But, uh, but yeah, I mean Golden Tate is looking to be a wide receiver one. And when it looks at uh when you look at ADP, twenty second receiver just outside the top fifty overall, especially in a receiver heavy type of uh trend that we're seeing over the last couple of years here. What about after Golden Tate? Anyone worth consideration there? Uh I I actually do like Marvin Jones a decent amount too. Mm-hmm.
3: Um just the volume uh left aside by Calvin Johnson being gone, it's gonna go in his hands. It's going to go in Ebron, Eric Ebron's hands. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, among the two, like Ebron hasn't really proved it yet, whereas Marvin Jones does have a track record in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I'd originally been optimistic about rookie Corey Fuller, but Mm -hmm. uh, he had foot surgery a couple weeks back and doesn't really have a timetable for returns. So if you're drafting right now, he's an incredibly risky pick that you probably want to stay away from, maybe grab on the waiver wire later on. You know, Ebron's been a sleeper for so long. Maybe he has a chance to get it together this year. He sure. just needs to get some of those red zone targets there. I think that's uh, one of the things that's been limiting him uh, at least a little bit so far. Here, I mean, yeah, these Lions uh, looking like regression, and when you look at their additions and subtractions, uh, you know they still have a couple very talented players on defense. There's no denying that, but offensively, they they might have a harder time scoring this yeah. year.
3: Yeah, um, so you is Amir Abdullah a consideration for you?
2: uh amir abdullah absolutely in consideration like i mean either or really i mean behind him is steven ridley and theo riddick Uh riddick provides fleeting value in ppr formats but that's really hard to uh really pin down i guess uh for the lions here steven ridley i don't know that's a wild card for me i don't really see him threatening abdullah a bunch i think ridley was a player that uh a coach like Bill Belichick could get the most out of, but in a new, uh in a new scenery, like a change of scenery here behind a, uh, what, is, appears to be a number one back I don't think we can get a whole lot or have high expectations for Ridley this year I mean Abdullah though I mean fantasy owners aren't necessarily super high on Amir Abdullah yeah, he's here 29th overall yeah exactly uh still inside the top 100 overall so he'll be taken as uh an RB2 RB3 for a lot of owners but uh you know not with a ton of confidence there so uh definitely gonna Take a cautious approach with the Lions this year. The only real safe bet, I think, is Golden Tate. Right, exactly. I mean, mean, there's a place on fantasy rosters for Stafford as well, but without Johnson... Don't ex- don't expect those numbers to necessarily. Yeah, it doesn't have that fail safe option anymore. Mm-hmm. some of you can just chuck it up to yeah. in the red zone here. Uh, well, another team in the NFC North that's worth taking a closer look at this year is a team projected to get a lot better from last year, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. Twenty to one odds to win the Super Bowl. That was a little bit surprising to me. I didn't quite see that coming, but they have a pretty strong defense and are only improving. Uh, they're looking at. Uh, over under win total of nine and a half, so uh, kind of a wild card playoff team, right. but not expected to win the division here. Uh, what's changed so much about the Vikings that has given them all this momentum? Uh, what what has changed? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I
3: would say it's lo- just, or, or just another another year of Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. you know, leading the offense. Uh, I know AP is a year older, but until he actually you know is not AP or looking like AP anymore, mm-hmm. I'm gonna grab him in the first round
2: like exactly. early that kind of leads me into the next question i was going to ask is i mean ap's getting up there now yes can we still count on, is he still classified as rb1 status he's I, 31 uh, past that past like, that dreaded age of 30 for running backs and he's had quite the workload here yeah. i mean is is he still rb1 status yeah he
3: is mm-hmm. he, he's a physical specimen i think uh, it I think he's just gonna buck all trends, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I I think you could see him be in an RB one for another two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I know he has a lot of work or a lot of reps on him, but I I like I I hate saying it because I can't stand the Vikings at all, but. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're not going to let that get in the way too (laughs) much here in the show here, but uh, let's look at the numbers. I'm sorry, APs, ADP. There's a lot of uh, A's and P's in that sequence here, but looking at uh, just under 16 for ADP. So a Early second-round pick, still an RB1 for most people because he checks in actually behind Lamar Miller, just ahead of Devontae Freeman. I actually would bump Devontae Freeman up ahead yeah, on this list probably. I think I'd rather have, I mean, well, let's do would-you-rather Um, and see where we cut it off. I mean, I think we can both safely say that we want. We would take uh, Bell and Gurley over AP, uh, AP or Zeke Elliott.
3: Uh, Elliott's just gonna have a massive amount mm-hmm. of carries. So, All right, yeah.
2: AP or David Johnson?
3: David Johnson.
2: AP or Lamar Miller?
3: Uh, that's I'm getting. That's closer. where it starts to get hazy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like like you said, I, I would probably switch uh, Devonte Freeman and Lamar Miller in mm-hmm. this list, and still mm-hmm. have Adrian uh six six overall. overall. Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah. So, but so you're saying you'd have AP or you'd have you'd have Freeman over have, AP? Yes. Uh, AP over Miller. Yes. Okay. I would. I would. I think I take both Miller and Freeman ahead of AP, but I definitely put AP ahead of Jamal Charles, Mark Ingram, Doug Martin.
3: If uh, if Lamar Miller had that track record, I would agree with you. But mm-hmm. he, he, we we haven't seen him really have a huge workload in his career. It's always been in the, you know, hovering around 10, 11 touches See, max. Per-
2: personally, for me, I find that lack of a workload as a as yeah. a benefit because sure. he hasn't had that wear or tear on his body. So that's I'm a big Lamar Miller fan. You'll probably hear me talk about it a lot <laughs> in the preseason uh, podcast. I think I mean, when I, it's all said and done, he could end up, if anything happens to these top these top backs, because, I mean, we saw with last year's first rounders how many injuries happened, kind of pushing the trend towards first-round wide receivers here. But if we get a couple injuries here, Lamar Miller could finish the season as a top three back. I think that is his ceiling, and and that that could very well happen here. He needs things to fall into place, of course, but he's going to finally get that workload that he deserved while he was in Miami and right. that could be huge things because of his talents in and in his variety of skills that he can bring to a fantasy uh a fantasy unit he can carry a fantasy team right. no title this year. I mean I'm I'm
3: all I'm I'm with you totally. I'm mm-hmm. like looking at this list uh I roughly put him at 7th overall so mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty huge on him too. Yeah, and that that's his highest standing ever.
2: Yeah, things get cloudy there at the 678 running backs right. as as you would expect uh yeah. on any year-to-year basis here. Well, let's wrap up our analysis of the NFC North with the 13-time world champion Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers somehow New England still has the best odds to win the Super Bowl at fifteen to two, but the Packers check in tied with the Seahawks, ten to one odds. Uh, just for reference, here we got the Panthers at eleven to one, and the Cardinals here at twelve to one, tied with the Steelers, who are also twelve to one. So the Packers' second best Super Bowl odds this year. Over under win total ten and a half. I believe uh, I haven't seen an over under higher than ten and a half. You got all those uh, usual suspects at ten and a half here. So I mean. Packers made a run last year uh, without Jordy Nelson, who they Mm -hmm. lost in the preseason with an ACL injury. We're expecting to get Jordy Nelson back here. Uh, With the return of Jordy Nelson, do you think that gets the Packers' offense, the boost that it needs? Do we have Rodgers in kind of a bounce-back season? Do we we see Jordy Nelson squeaking into the top 10 wide receivers even? I... (laughs) I think it's a lot going to be. Con- I think I
3: think it, it's going to be kind of difficult for Jordy to actually get in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, There's
2: a lot of stacked talent at the top of that group.
3: Well, he's coming off a pretty serious injury. Mm-hmm. I think he's 31 now. Um, and is there a great track record of guys? Uh, you know, doing well past age of thirty. I mean, it's I mean, not. It's, it's not like the running back threshold. It's,
2: it's better than backs. Way better than backs.
3: But, but. I mean, you you can have Le- Anquan Bolden going off at the age of thirty four. But he is approaching Steve his Smith, twilight, yeah. at the top twilight of his career here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm a little worried about the injury. But yeah, the fact that the offense is
2: going to be intact. Uh, finally again. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be so good. Yeah, I mean, 2014, I don't know if we're going to see that, where he had over 1,500 yards, 98 catches, and 13 mm-hmm. touchdowns. I think that's pretty much the maybe the peak for Nelson. Yeah. 2011 yeah. was pretty solid, too. I mean, he scored 15 times and had over 1,200 yards. So I think he could squeak his way into wide receiver one category, and that's kind of how the uh, ADP sees it. We see him 12 overall, so essentially the last wide receiver one here. Uh, play either or, Jordy Nelson or Elshon Jeffrey uh jordy jordy all right so we, we flip-flop those in the rankings uh amari cooper or jordy nelson <laughs> that gets i, tough, I really it? i
3: really love amari cooper i mean mm. i'd probably have him higher yeah 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 and then
2: uh, <laughs> just looking at a couple guys uh below jordy nelson and i in adp jordy nelson brandon cooks probably jordy i think i like jordy cooks yeah. has upside yeah. but i i i don't know i mean cooks is maybe less risky i guess i
3: like the fact that he 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 did start the season slow last year, but he was a, he was ridiculous down the stretch.
2: Yeah, and then, uh, okay, one last one. Jordy Nelson, T.Y. Hilton. Jordy. Jordy, yes, I would have to agree with you there. Maybe we're poisoned up a little bit here by being up in Wisconsin, but I do see a pretty <laughs> good bounce. Back. I see at least 1,000 yards and, and 8 to 10 touchdowns and for just, Nelson. I think that's a reasonable projection.
3: I'm just throwing this out there. I, I don't drink the Packers Kool-Aid, even though I'm a Packers fan. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to deny that I'm not a Packers fan, but – like i i will be the devil's
2: advocate whenever i'm
3: talking to packers fans about this team
2: yeah no i mean we can't declare them super bowl champs yet here no no the no the preseason hasn't even started yet the last big story out of green bay though that i want to quick touch on before we wrap up is eddie lacy i mean all reports are seeming to suggest that he is a new man he's dropped some weight working with tony tony horton in the off season, doing that p90x here those beach body things uh those are some ridiculous workouts. I've done a few myself. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not, I don't claim to be any kind of a fitness buff, but those things will get you going here. Uh, now, Eddie Lacy, in terms of ADP, it's, uh, it's, it's curious. We're looking at, at maybe a second-round draft pick for Eddie Lacy or, or even a third-round draft pick, 33 overall, number 11 overall among running backs. However, that still puts him as an RB1. What do you think his chances are of getting back to RB1 status this year? I think they're pretty good. I mean— Mm-hmm. just the fact
3: that they have the explosive weapon uh, now, the deep, deep downfield weapon, like the they're not going to be able to stack the box. Mm-hmm. If he is indeed in better shape, I think you can safely say that he's going to be, you know, like his freshman and sophomore year as a professional
2: yeah get some more he'll be better out of the screen game too i think that's a big thing for lacy's fantasy value because he'll be able where he was maybe a little bogged down before he might be able to shake loose tacklers and and catch the ball and cut up field quicker i think those split seconds of time will might make a difference with the weight being dropped if he keeps it off provided through camp and all that we still have a long ways to go here but i think uh it's going to make him just a little more agile just a little bit more quick and that's going to be the difference between getting stopped early and breaking away here so i'm actually really high on eddie lacy mm-hmm. um that's not even that's not even the packer fan in me see the thing is the tough thing we have uh doing drafts up here in wisconsin is eddie lacy is <laughs> going to be a first round pick probably first half of the first round in just about every single draft we do so i'm hoping to get myself, a different reality it's a different reality up here aaron Rodgers might be one or two overall up here it's just how wisconsin works right. here but i'm hoping to get myself into a couple kind of industry expert leagues i want to be doing some I'm mfl 10s uh, I got my first MFL 10 starting tomorrow. Actually, I'm pretty uh, pretty NFFC, excited probably for that. Too. Yeah, you know, I might do one of those as well. I'm going to try to get Eddie Lacy as a second round pick in at least one of those formats. I'm not going to be mm-hmm. someone who goes all in and gets him in every league, but I do want one share of Eddie Lacy because I think the upside for a 1,400 yard, 40 50 catch season is is present it, it's there I mean he has the skill set to do it that offense there's there's few better offenses for him to do that in and especially when it starts to get cold in Green Bay later in the year and they're gonna start running him the sure. ball a, a lot I mean uh, I I went to that uh, Thanksgiving game last year Chicago uh, I mean it, was, it was so brutal I mean uh, the far the weather <laughs> the far retirement w- was cool was was nice to see but I think that's like I, I don't know that fights with maybe one or two other games as far as worst weather at a hacker game I've ever been to and I've been to like almost forty. 50 now at this point yeah so uh it was t- terrible that's besides the point though lacy was looking so good running the ball getting openings. i agree but man. then he fumbled a couple times and, yes. and i mean the conditions are partially to, to blame for that uh but there's still no excuse for fumbling in the national football league here you're a professional athlete um but you know uh, rant over <laughs> I, I just think you know lacy was looking good in those conditions i feel like he was just a, a step slow last year and if the weight's off and the offensive line is pretty much intact there's more receiving threats for Aaron Rodgers to maybe detract some attention away from the running game. I mean you're never gonna see defenses like you said put eight nine in the box against the Packers because Aaron Rodgers will burn you in single coverage. For There's sure. no doubt about that. So Lacey's gonna have some room to run. I really like him as a fantasy prospect again. Not gonna get him up in Wisconsin, but uh hey, if you disagree with me, invite me to your league so I can grab him in the <laughs> second round. Let's just say that.
3: Um just thinking about like the pass catchers too. We know Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb are one two. Mm-hmm. When after that, like, what are you thinking? Is Jared Cook, newcomer Jared Cook, going to be uh, taken on that role, or do you Ooh. think uh, Richard Rodgers is going to kind of fend him off, and maybe like Ty Montgomery actually do something?
2: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Devonte Adams had a brutal season last year, plagued by drops. He had all the opportunity, he couldn't come through. There's a slight chance for the bounce back but I do like Ty Montgomery a little bit out of the screen game. I think, uh, you know, his hands In the short time we saw him last year, he was doing damage to the point where I was starting to give him a spec ad on waiver wires. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, maybe not necessarily a draft pick in your standard 12-team formats. I'm sure Ty Montgomery will go in every uh, Wisconsin draft we do here. But, um, you know, the addition of Jared Cook, I don't think that makes a difference for Cook or Rodgers. I think they're going to take away from each other, and neither of them are going to be they're both going to be fringe tight end twos for the year. I mean, Rodgers, Richard Rodgers had that SB award winning play uh, that gave him a huge fantasy game, and he had a couple other decent fantasy games, but was largely inconsistent. And for those daily players, he was the definition of a GPP play, because maybe Maybe, maybe he's got like a one in eight chance or one in six or seven chance of, of having a big game. Other than that, you're pretty much bust. So the boomer bust like that is not what I want to start in fantasy unless I'm desperate and on a bye week. So I, I'm going to kind of stay away from the tight ends. Okay. Lean towards Nelson and Cobb heavy. Lean towards Lacey. Even handcuff him with Starks. I think if Lacey mm-hmm. does turn out to bust, I think Starks could have pretty decent value this year and maybe take a look at Ty Montgomery as a sleeper.
3: Yeah, and uh, by the way, James Starks is. I think, 29 or 30 now. So Mm -hmm. if he does indeed get the top job, I mean, he's reaching that uh, age in which, you know, running backs drop off.
2: Yeah, Lacey uh, entering his age 26 season. So still by running back definition, he's he's still in his prime. Well, that'll do it for Tuesday. I'm sorry. Just wanted
3: to uh, bring up uh, one more thing. Uh, You mentioned NFL 10s. Do you Mm -hmm. want to actually like... Um, shed light on what that is uh, because our listeners might actually be interested.
2: Actually, yeah, that's a good call to uh, wrap things up on a little bit. MFL 10s, it's kind of a new thing. It's it's a best ball league, and Mm -hmm. you do a slow draft. Starting now, they'll be running all the way to the season. You get 10 people together. Everyone throws in 10 bucks. I believe it's winner take all. And um, you do a slow draft. You draft a pretty deep roster. But then there are no trades, transactions, or lineup switches during yeah. the season. It just takes your best lineup based on your on a entire basis, roster right. on your weekly basis. Yeah. So it's kind of like a draft and forget it type thing. Mm-hmm. And then you can watch it through the rest of the season. I think that's really great stuff from our partners over yeah. at My Fantasy League. Uh, I have a feeling that after I do one that starts tomorrow, I'm going to start getting addicted. And maybe I've, do three or four more. I'm with you. I'm, I'm definitely going to do at least that many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost replaced uh, the fun of mock drafting at this point in the right. season. It's good stuff. <laughs> and yeah, uh, My Fantasy League, they've been part Partners with us for years, uh, very good, reputable organization. So you want to check them out, really easy to join, draft, set up, everything like that. Honestly,
3: honestly, if you just do like one draft per week, you're probably going to hit, you know, uh, on one of those, if not more, Mm -hmm.
2: you know, by by the end of the season. I mean, and $10 is, I mean, how many people are spending double, triple, quadruple that? Even uh, a lot more on daily season. in entry fees on daily this sure, year. So, yeah. you know, that'll kind of get that fix, uh, scratch that itch for you a little bit earlier in the season here. Well, that'll wrap it up for the Tuesday RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast here. Uh, we're going to be talking waiver wire in season, but until then, we're going to be talking pre draft strategy here. Uh, real quick, a reminder to check out RotoWire.com free for 10 days by going to RotoWire.com slash pod. That's RotoWire.com slash pod. Once again, I'm Jake latarski you can find me on twitter at jakeski 52
3: and over here i'm eric katuri and you can find me on twitter at etcat 30
2: john and joe will be back with you on wednesday
1: whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring podcasts on the blue wire network